Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Albert's, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. It is the Anfield Wrap. Hi-o, Wolverhampton. Uh, it's the Anfield Wrap in association with Reds Bet. Uh, partnering with them throughout this year. Uh, really pleased to be on board with them as ever. I've got Ben Johnson, Mike Nevin and Adam Melia with me. Uh, it is not your mum's dream night out. It is the Anfield Wrap show today. Uh, and it is talking about Wolves versus Liverpool. Um, before we get stuck into the game itself, I want to have a chat about... There's some things that happen sometimes, Adam, when you're at a match and you're sort of in the... I was at the game last night and you're in the day of the match, so you're not seeing any of the pre-match build-up really. You're not even particularly on social media, you're getting the game, you've got no signal. Post-match, certainly doing what what I have to do. I'm writing a piece, doing a show. And then I wake up this morning and it seems as though there's been controversy and I'm like stunned by controversy here because... Doesn't everyone agree with the lineup? I mean, is, there, is anyone surprised by the lineup? Is anyone not thinking that that was always going to be the lineup? It's funny, actually. I know, I know exactly what you mean, and I think I've had that at times. After it, it, it's always it's it's a, it's either you know it's a, it, it's obviously after a a, a non-win uh, that, that, that these these controversies happen. Um, but yeah, it reminds me a little bit of, of you know either a home game where you've just had a big day. Or or an away game where you're not really paying attention to the social media and you you are a bit like oh afterwards because it does I suppose that's the thing about the, how how the life around the match is 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 has taken it on on a life of its own apart aside from the match hasn't it kind of the whole the whole sideshow of it because I'm even a bit like that with decisions during the game sometimes you know when you when you get home and everyone's talking about a pen or something and you're like oh I didn't even really against City the company tackle and yeah. it didn't look great mm. in the ground yeah but, I, I, but afterwards everyone was like nailed on red talking I was about thinking, that. yeah just looked to me like he's he's over he's over egged and then you and see so, it and it's a little bit different yeah, so yeah. it's fair uh, but but then that's with the replays and so it's it's a difficult conversation but I always kind of think what did I think at the time because to be fair that's all the referee can see so and and, and when you're in the ground at the time you're like even if it, whatever happens you move on from it and, and all the players have moved on from it no one's thinking about that for ages and ages afterwards are they and it's the same thing with um with selections you sort of got to put yourself in there in in in, in, the, in the players shoes really and the, the the you know the newer change team was coming and you know, I think it'd be after time in event of any of us to, to to take issue with it, considering we were probably all on shows and picked broadly similar things to, to this last week. It was it was it was either going to be a completely, uh, you know, a completely changed team or 
one or two senior pros who were going to play awfully. <laughs> well, we'll come, on to, we'll come on to the senior pros playing awfully in a minute because that is, if anything, the biggest concern. Ben, we, again, I'm just going to say it because it, it is a thing. I'm going to ask each of you, were you surprised by the lineup? The only thing that surprised me, and it didn't even register until, again, it was pointed out to me a couple of minutes later, though, was no Lalana. And then the manager explains Lalana's picked up a little bit of a problem. They didn't want to risk him. Apart from that, if anything, I was like, would like to have seen a way not to start Lovren. I, I was more on that sort of hook. I was I was thinking, I've, I've, after seeing Milner at City, I'm not sure about that. Maybe Lovren and Lallana had a chat. Lallana was like, I'm not going to play at all. You play one minute. Yeah, I was going to say, Lallana sorted that himself. Yeah, Lovren sorted that himself, didn't he? He did. But was there any? Were you surprised? That, as I say, I'm, I'm just I just was not surprised, and I'm I, in no way, shape, or form do I have the energy to have any ire about the situation. No, it's not one that you're gonna you're gonna look at and think, oh, he got it, he got it wrong. Oh, yeah, we got beat. That was that was always a possibility. You're going to a tough ground anyway. There's no there's no guarantees you go full wacky winning that game. You know, we, all right, we want to do the week, but that you know, you, it's a tough place to go. And I think you know people are saying he's, you know all this bollocks about disrespecting the cup. The cup disrespects its fucking self these days. So let's not get into that. But I think you. One or two injuries away from having quite a strong side. I think. It, I think if you'd asked them a question, what kinds of lineup do you want to play? I think he plays a couple of lads who start every game. So Milner. I think if you haven't got two centre halves who've been injured, you know, freakish injuries. But he's got um, Lovren and Matip centre half, but Lovren hasn't played the last six games. Yeah, and Fabinho starts centre mid. So then one of your centre mids, the uh, Curtis Jones doesn't start maybe. You're then looking at a midfield of Fabinho, Milner and Keita, which is strong, and then a forward line of Shaqiri, Sturridge and Origi, which is strong. And then you're looking, well, we might just drop in one or two kids rather than four or five. And that's a big difference. And what the, the Lovren thing doesn't help anyone in that. You know, it disrupts us anyway. Um, question marks now if he's going to be fit or not. We were talking before, it wouldn't surprise me if he was fine on Saturday. Genuinely wouldn't. We've seen him get stretched off at the cop ends on gas and air and play on the Saturday. And that's not a fucking exaggeration. That happens. He went off on a stretcher with gas and air and played on the Saturday. God knows what was wrong with him there, mate. <laughs> I never needed gas and air. And then, well, I needed gas and air when I've played on the Saturday. But I can't work to... out if he's dead hard or dead soft and the answer might actually be both. I, yeah, I... I I've got a suspicion around Lovren in that he convinces himself he's hurt. So, like, this whole... I had a theory in the summer when he was out with a stomach problem and he he then... Liverpool say, oh, Dejan's not going to play the first part of the season. You know, in my head, I'm thinking, right, that's a managed decision by the club to... Don't rush back. You've been late to pre-season training. We need to train you anyway. In, in Lovren's head, it's... I'm going to now do an interview to in, in Croatia to show the Croatian public how much of a genius I am and how hard I am in that I've played with a ruptured fucking spleen for three <laughs> weeks and got us to the final of the uh, World Cup or whatever. So, yeah, I don't know. It, I'm not sure there's much controversy around it. What, what, what else was he going to do? The, the other thing, Mike, is the scale of the opportunity that's in front of us. We are four points clear. I'm a four points clear. It's a... It, when it looks as though four points clear, it's not four points clear in 2001 when, you know, the league's going to be won with circa 80, 84, 85 points. It's four points clear when, you know, the, the almost the, it seems counterintuitive to say it, but the, 
the fewer points that are going to be dropped, the more four points actually means more. And you would think that that would mean, well, there's more points up for grabs. Everyone's confident to get more points. But it actually says that the the margin for error now for us, for City, for Spurs, is is absolutely minute. Mm. And that's the, the scale of the opportunity for us. And four points clear is also whisper it. But I think it could be since 1990, since everyone's on the same number of games around this stage of the season and with this many points clear. And against that is the balance of an FA Cup, which... I still expect one of the top six to win it. Don't get me wrong, but it's still it's not the trophy it was. No, I mean, yes, uh, uh, there's no one loves the FA Cup more than me. Um, and I grew up in an era when you know it sort of meant everything um, for, for at least ten years. You know, you wanted to win the FA Cup more than the league. You got bored of the league, um, but it was just a different Imagine competition. It, I mean, it, and it was truly magical. Um, and all of that, all of that mystique has just steadily been eroded over the years. And I mean, I think just. With Liverpool's priorities, and we don't really need to sort of restate what they are, I don't think Liverpool Football Club went into that game last night with a winning mentality. Um, and that is not a criticism. I think that's just the reality of it. Liverpool have just got much bigger, higher priorities. You know, it was a tough Christmas Christmas programme. We talked about uh, prior to Christmas that Klopp might rotate players probably against Newcastle. We'd sort of uh, earmark that game as one where he might, he might drop a few out. He didn't really... Um, and I think the plan really was just to play everyone through, just pay lip service to last night's game. And I think I think you can see that in his reaction to Liverpool's equaliser as well. I mean, normally there's fists being pumped and he's going mad and he's running on pitches. Um, and Origi's goal really was met with no more than a rueful smile, as if to say, Christ, there could be a replay on here. And, and what <laughs> did everyone the, see? But he says, by the way, when the Newcastle penalty goes in, I didn't actually know. Oh my God, Matt Ritchie is getting beasted and saying in the next couple of weeks his life's going to be yeah. a living hell. And that's and you know and, and that's you know they, they they've got sort of similar priorities in in staying in the Premier League, and that's what it's all about these days. I mean, it it is tragic. Um, I mean, we were saying before, in terms of first choice 11s over the weekend, I mean, I suppose Wolves are probably about the strongest because they've got about, I think, they made five changes, but nonetheless, they've got pretty much a recognisable first team lineup from there, from their normal squad. But I don't really see where else Klopp goes last night, even if he had the intent to win the tie. You know, who who else was there available? Um, it, it was just it was just forced on him, really. But as I say, I just think the intent around the club and the fan base as well, except for. Um, for people who've just got the idea that he needs to win a trophy, and that's you know that's it's a moot point really around the fact that he's trying to win the two biggest ones, um, and that's the priority. He is trying to win the two biggest biggest ones. You could say hasn't powers the pressure on him and on the club a little bit. This, but there's a flip side which is well. The pressure's on. This is what the pressure is. The pressure's been on arguably since Leicester away. I think you can make you know the argument that after we're twelve points out of twelve. The, the idea that Brighton's an absolutely enormous must-win game for Liverpool. Well, that's what you'd have wanted back in September. It's what you wanted when you play Leicester and then you play Tottenham. Yeah. You want them to be must-win games. And that's, you know, the, this is it. This is the pressure. This is it. And, and it's <clears throat> today, it's a slightly bitter pill to swallow. But having said that, would you would you like to be in a two-legged League Cup semi now? No. Oh, God, so, imagine that. So we could be, couldn't we, if, if we hadn't taken the bitter pill of, of, of Chelsea uh, locking us out of the League Cup. Yeah, what what we what we all hope is that that we react in a similar way to to, to getting knocked out of that competition, and then when the semis of the FA Cup are, are going, you know, maybe Tottenham are playing City, and we're saying, I'm glad we're not in that because look, this is where we are. Well, Tottenham, we've got to make sure we do that, mind you. But Tottenham, all we can do is look after ourselves, and, and at the at present, regardless of what's going on in the FA Cup, we just look now at our fixture list. We've got five days off, then we play, then we've got a week off. 
Then we've got fucking ages off. Ten days off. We can go on holiday. You know, they can all have a few days off. They can all go on a, you know, a, a training camp. You can boost morale. You can get the boys together. You can say, look, you're 15 games away from fucking greatness here. You know, you really are. And you can plot away to the end of the season. Tottenham and City haven't got that opportunity to do that. City play, all right, they played two games against, I don't know who it is in the league. Burton. Whoever it is. Burton. But they've still got to play them. And yeah. they'll still play a full strength, a full-ish strength I, side. I couldn't believe Tottenham have got a game tonight against Chelsea. I read that. I was, I was doing City Talk this morning and I'm going through the papers and it was it was the profile for that game. And I was like, that is astonishing. And I'm looking what at the two teams. League, league, league Cup. League Cup. League Cup. Chelsea twice. They play Chelsea tonight. In them games. It's not like Tottenham will turn up with half a side. No. They'll go there and they'll run their legs off themselves and then they've got to play the weekends and then they've got to play the weekends after. You know, They've also got that, uh, got to win a trophy thing around Pochettino as well. So it's not like they can take it semi-seriously yeah. even if they wanted to. I think it's unbelievable. The other thing as well, Mike, I just did a little, little look this morning, Premier League minutes on the pitch. And maybe just maybe you can have a conversation around the manager with this, but then the flip side of that is, well, we're the boys who are four points clear. But Premier League minutes on the pitch, I just did City uh, and all Sterling, 1,479. Mahrez, 1,258. Sorry, Aguero, 1,258. Mahrez, 942. Uh, Sane, 1,168. He's us 705. All three of our front three are greater than Sterling, who's their biggest of fourth, 1,479. Salah, 1,759. Firmino, 1,577. Shaqiri's 8,19. Kane is the second most full stop in terms of forwards, to be fair, to Tottenham. Mm. But I think that we've we've been saying for a while there's a massive burden on Harry Kane, club and country level, which I think at times just maybe he struggles to sh- shrug off and actually puts his, his excellence at times in context that he's mm. doing it through this battle. But that is a marked difference, isn't it? Yeah. You know, that is a marked difference. That's two or three games of football uh, from Salah to, to Sterling before you even look at Aguero before you even looked at Sammy. Yeah, um, I mean, they're all sort of two or three hundred minutes um, shy of what our front three have played. And our front three have played pretty much every game. Um, and you'd expect that to continue. I mean, you know, sort of 17 league games to go. There's, you know, there's still, there's, it's, it, there's still a marathon in front of us and they've got to be fit and primed and, and missing those weekends um, when City and Spurs potentially are playing later on in the competition, six round, a semi-final day, that'll do Liverpool massive favours. I mean, I think it was interesting. I mean, City have just got more options. They, they, they have got more quality players in those sort of potential front three positions. I think even on Sunday, they had uh, Mares, Sterling, and uh, Jesus up front, which is you know it's a belt up front three. When you compare it to what we were able to put out last night in um, storage, was, it, to me is just looking increasingly lethargic. And Rigi, who really is barely played, um, you know they, they've got the potential to still put out something relatively strong even in the FA Cup it's the one last little thing here Mike and it's interesting when you every now and again and I don't think it helped for instance I don't think I don't think it helps the games the last one it's Monday night and it's BBC One I think for instance if it's BT and it's Saturday 5.30 then there's other things for everyone to talk about I think that's that's part of the thing here but I do sometimes wonder there's all this stuff around oh, Liverpool are going to be unbearable if they win the league oh you know what they're like and all this sort of stuff that's part of the national conversation well the flip side is that's because that's how much it means to us. Yeah. And I think that's something that's missed. I think it's something that, that that gets missed outside of these four walls, if you know what I mean, as to how much. And at times, it could even be counterproductive to this football club. But I think it's missed exactly how much, genuinely, 
the 19th title will mean. I just don't think the the general national football mood has probably got that in. They see it instead of something that's banterish, something that's gloating. It's not. It's an albatross around the neck, or, or on the back, sorry, of this football club at all times. Yeah. I don't know whether that's, that comes down to our eternal optimism over the last, you know, sort of 10 or 15 years and the whole way that, you know, that it's going to be our year has been has been mocked. And that's, you know, that's, 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 that's a nonsense, isn't it? Because, I mean, if, you, if you're not in it to win it, you don't believe that you can win it. And let's face it, you know, we've gone, we have gone close two or three times. Um, so I think that the country sort of has it's whipped itself up into a weird frenzy about Liverpool, um, and that's obviously because I think people are worried. I mean, I used to say eight, a few years ago, he used to think the pundits of a non-Liverpool persuasion had added in for Liverpool because childhoods were ruined by Liverpool's relentless, uh, relentlessness through the eighties. Careers were ruined. Yeah, they were, and you know, people like you know, so Brian Robson, right until the end, great, you know, great player for United, only really won it. Um, a, a trophy, a, a Premier League trophy, um, as a captain, you know, got this sort of nominal number of appearances. So, 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 so there's that in and around it. Um, and as I said, I said the country as a whole has just seemed to have has got together to to create this uh, cabal of hate around Liverpool. Yeah. It's very strange. I'm, I'm all right with it myself. I'm, 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 bang, I'm bang into it, but yeah. I also someone said I think it's strange, but I think it's also it's it's not a surprise either. I was going to say it's not feel like that we kind of knew that. Like I, I like I'm sure it's something that me and Mike have probably talked about in the past. Yeah, like, yeah. You, 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 you know that's there, and it's it's I quite like it seeing that, seeing it come to fruition. Well, and yeah, yeah. And, you, and you saw the euphoria <laughs> yeah, uh, in 2014 with the Gerard slip, yeah. didn't you? So it's it's also nothing new. I think we've had it before. I think it's also a fear that the empire comes back in exactly the same way that we had with United, mm-hmm. and would still have again. By the way, you know, if United were where we we are right now, we'd all be sitting here going, "Here we go." They win yeah. one, they win three. And we'll all have to put up with that. Whereas I think everyone else like I'm still like that about United. Yeah, like, I, know, I know you are. <laughs> the, the, the spectre of Ferguson. Yeah. Oh, he checked me the other day. Hovering a meter over my head all time. He's in the training ground. He's like, what are we going to do? <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's fair to say it's fair to say that most of Adam's texts and WhatsApps appear to be on this theme because I get a lot of them as well, Ben. Um, he's up nights checking his movements. Let's talk about the game itself. Um, it is. It was a dire first half. I think there's something interesting in, in Wolves' approach, Ben, and I think it's, I think it's worth it. I don't even think it's just from when they see the team sheets. I think that their manager's a clever man, and I think he thinks, I think he set them up off the attitude of right. We know it's going to be a weakened side. Don't overextend yourselves, lads. Wait for the mistakes. This doesn't have to be a, a, a terrific game of football. You'll get opportunities. Yeah, when you when you're watching the first sort of 10, 15 minutes, I actually thought Liverpool started all right. You know, we looked to be playing a little bit of footy. We got down, got down a pitch a little bit, but they just sat there and blocked, blocked any space we had to move the ball. And then, the, and then the goal comes about because Milner's got no options, and then he he, he sort of panics because he's got no options. I hate the pass to him. Yeah, he tries to protect the ball. He tries to keep it, um, and then we break. And then he, I don't know what he does for the, I don't know what he does. You you got a theory that he's trying to protect the, the young lad, aren't you? He's he's, he's because otherwise, why doesn't he? Because, because if, if anything, that uh, Hoover has got the, the lad in the middle. I mean, the, the, the lad in the middle that looked to me in the ground was stopping him from he, getting over. He's blocking well, he, him. He wasn't. He wasn't. He, he sort of was, but then Milner didn't try and shrug him off. He was just running next to him. I think Milner decides he's going to go with him and then sticks to it. Even you know, even after it's obvious that he's. He's going to shoot. But they set up well. Don't get me wrong, they did. They just sat there and said, right, you're going to beat yourselves here because you've got you've got lads trying to play for you who aren't familiar with places, where they're meant to be, who they're meant to pass to. Um, and it was clever. I actually thought second half, 
I didn't think they were as good as the, as they should have been. I thought they should. Have. If if I was if I was their manager, I'd be critical of what they'd done second half because they shouldn't be letting us get back in that game. Um, and it was easier for us to play forty second half a little bit. Um, but you know they don't they done well enough to win the game. They, they, they scored one good goal. The second one was a good hit. Should be saved, in my opinion. But we'll get on to that. I'm sure. Thank God, is it on the list? Goalkeeper is shite. Uh, <laughs> can't be bothered talking about the goalkeeper. He probably oh. never plays for us again. Was most annoyed. It wasn't Allison. Only at the very end when he went up front, Allison would have probably got a brace. And to be fair to him, I've got a different agenda. To be fair to him, he was probably frightened by the fireworks. <laughs> should have set the should have set the dog flap to a different setting. <laughs> They, I think that the, the idea of how unfamiliar the side is, Mike, I think is your, is your big one. And I think there's something in, we know that the manager's loads of work on attacking shape, but he does loads of work on attacking shape where the, sh- the attacking shape is predicated on the fact that you're going to have Mo Salah, Roberto Firmino and Sadio Mane. And they're brilliant at football, by the way. And it's like, that's what we work on. We work on how to make the brilliant lads who are brilliant at football. We work all the way through pre-season on that. We work all the way through training sessions on that. And then all of a sudden, this game sort of comes on the horizon. And it's right, how do you make these lads who just aren't suited to that? I think Divock, for instance, is a good, will be a good mid-table number nine for someone who will have a couple of seasons where he gets 15-plus playing up front in a 4-2-3-1, leading the line, running channels. He does some of it last night. But he's not... He's not able to play the football that we play when we play at our best. No, I mean he's not. He's not a creative spark on his own. I mean, it would have, it would have been better if Storage had been closer to him. Um, but Storage just looked completely disinterested, and I was, I was really disappointed in his performance because of the players in and around the squad. I mean, he's he's the one really that needs to keep a level of performance up to, so that he he continues to get used. And you know, if one of the front three gets injured, you know, there's a responsibility on him to come in and, and play uh, and start games. Um, you'd be concerned, right? You, you would be concerned if Sturridge now had to play three or four games in the uh, as of the remaining so, seventeen. He sometimes looks physically weak, and and it's that physically weak or not bothered that you're not sure to sure about. But then. I thought he was really good when he came on against Arsenal. So you have got to say, yeah. like you say, Mike, he 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 does look a bit disinterested compared yeah. to what we've seen really recently. We've seen it in other games that he started as well. Um, I, th- I think just his overall fitness has fallen off a cliff. Oh. His match fitness, because I think if you're going to get anything out of him um, anywhere near the level that we've seen previously, um, it is through him sort of playing every week, which is not. It's just not an option at the moment. But just in terms of your your point there, I mean. They, they were playing. They were playing, playing like strangers, but that's not entirely. Uh, yeah. you know, it's entirely understandable because that team hasn't played together. Um, it didn't surprise me. I've seen Liverpool disjointed like that before. Um, you know, in these situations, it's difficult as well with young lads coming in, um, where there's three or four of them coming in at once. What you'd normally like to see, or in an ideal world, one of those players who came in last night would play alongside ten more familiar names, and they can slot in, and they don't. It, the responsibility doesn't fall on them to be doing. Spectacular things on storage. My mm. thing on this, Adam, is I think so. For instance, I use Burnley away as an example, and they're not dissimilar sort of games in a couple mm. of senses. In that there's not a ton of space. Storage is there. You feel like he's toiling, and then we bring Salah and Firmino on, and suddenly Salah and Firmino. I think Mane plays against Burnley. They're on the pitch. Shakiri's on the pitch. Storage is on the pitch. Maybe not Mane, but 
all the good lads are on the pitch and suddenly Daniel's finding loads of space and being able to operate. And then I think you see the same mm-hmm. thing, for instance, when he comes off the bench in other games. The good lads are all still on the pitch. Daniel's finding loads and loads of space. I think there's a problem that Wolves basically look at Sturridge and look at Shaqiri. Shaqiri comes on against United, scores two, mm-hmm. but everyone else who's good is on the pitch. And I think what I think what the opposition are able to do is go, absolutely squeeze them, get all over them, don't let them turn, force Shaqiri back, take Sturridge out the game. And they're actually, because the good lads aren't on the pitch, they're not good enough to be able to do anything about it. Yeah, no, I, and, and I do agree. And, and you know, Sturridge isn't, isn't uh, in my top top five worst worst defenders last night at all, to be honest. I, I, it's just, I guess it's just interesting to look at the at the senior pros and say kind of, well, I thought Milner has a terrible first half, but he's literally trying to look after the kids, I think. And, and, and he doesn't, uh, to, to, to his detriment and to the detriment of the team, he doesn't need to do that as much as he does and he stops doing it after a while. Um, I think that obviously we've, we've we've talked about Lovren and and, and Lalana. They're sort of you know that which you kind of can you blame them for being injured? Yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, that, and and then you've got you've got kind of your um, you know Cater uh, and, uh, and 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 Sturridge and Shakiri. Um, and there's the in 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 different ways you can say that you know that, that you you probably just about I think you said in your match report Neil you just about give Shakiri a pass which I'd agree with just about you know he's 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 done done as as much as anybody to nearly to nearly get us the the the, the other goal that we needed um, and Caters uh, I think probably I'm more disappointed with him than I am with Sturridge purely because I've seen Sturridge do that before and I wasn't really surprised and I wasn't particularly expecting much more but I would like it if he had a bit more fight and a bit more. Um, just it just sometimes, as I say, it just sometimes looks as if the the, the he, he has got another level that which he sometimes goes up up to, and, and and when he's when the mantle of responsibility is on him up front, he just tends to not. I think storage is a hard one because if you if you if you ask somebody, okay, what are you going to need away from home, but Wolves away when you're playing half a team of kids, because you need pretty much you need someone who's going to leg it. You need Danny Ings to run the channels. You need, you know, you need Derigi to run his balls off and try and hold the ball up and get you up the pitch. Does that not... though, doesn't he? Doesn't Divock do that? Divock does that, but I think Sturridge. If you, if you, if you, if you, if you wanted now, especially the player he is now, you look at his, his attributes now. It's all about trying to find half spaces, and it's the same with Shakiri, and it's a little bit similar with Keita. It's all about playing in them little areas and getting that little half a yard of space. But for them to be good players, we need to have all the ball. We need to have all the ball in a position where we're moving teams around. We're not going to be able to play on the break. Or even, even last night, we couldn't build any sort of any any quality possession really at all. We'd say starting to play the ball. We'd start playing from the back. Wolves just said, well, these are going to give it away because they haven't got A, good enough players to keep it. Yeah. And B, the positions are all over the place. Camacho done all right. He was playing a mad, mad position first half. He was just that, that back four was was crackers. In the, well, it, Moreno, wasn't it? it was a back three without a right back. You can't control Moreno. It was, it was Moreno was like it's like trying to fucking hedge sheep, mate. You just can't. You, you can't hedge sheep. You can't hedge sheep. You can't hedge cats. <laughs> and he's a cat. <laughs> okay, thank you. There was times <laughs> when he literally was... a job called shepherd. Is he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. me about it. <laughs> but the funny thing was is that Camacho, I think, had been given the more free role of the two. So you've given Moreno well, was... more discipline. <laughs> He's the more disciplined of the two fullbacks. But then if you look at at, uh, Camacho's shape second half, he's nowhere near as attacking. He's a lot more restrained. And it was because he probably just, it's his debut. He wants to impress. He wants to get up and down a wing. Look, look, give me the ball. I can do X, Y, Z. 
you're a, you're a player who, who thrives in playing in that sort of half spaces. That's not the game for you last night at all, because there was none. And, and there's no ability for anyone to engineer the ball into a position where you can do something. We couldn't get Shaqiri on the ball where he could try and create anything until Salah comes on. And because he's a threat and he'll turn them and run him behind and they've got to have three or four men around him. And it's the same when Firmino comes on. His movements, his sharp, his, his yeah. ability to see the game opens up space for other people. Without that... You may as well just pick 11 cart horses and let them run around. And we, and we still don't score even with, with Salah and Firmino on the field. Uh, you know, there, there's, there, so I think it is one of them where I think in the past Surridge probably relies on his, on his um, with teams that sit a bit deeper, you've seen him kind of get the ball in wide areas and play a one-two with somebody and jink his way into the box. And it's just, it, it, it just doesn't look like he's that, that, that he's got that in him in these, in these sorts of games anymore. Um. Yeah, no, I, I, just intensity lacking from storage, um, which, as I said before, it's, it's, it's really disappointing. Um, I, I mean, I was, to be honest with you, I was surprised to see uh, Salah and Firmino come on because yeah, I, I wouldn't have bothered. You know, I mean, again, just going back to the original point. I mean, do, do you actually want to go do, go through in the tie and create? I was terrified of them getting injured. I was just convinced someone was going to pull potential for that injury. Sort of game, isn't it? Um, and also, I, I don't know. It's almost like just a sop to try and placate people uh, in some ways uh, but the, the, the intention to try and get a draw I mean because you, you know he's not like, the manager isn't, isn't bothered he's obviously not bothered and, and it, they're bringing it's hard, them on and I think it's a really th- it's a tough thing to disguise you've got 5,000 fans who've travelled down there um, you know obviously hoping that, that you go through you know, you paid your money but just in, in terms of the way that the club views it the way Klopp views it um, as I say I mean to see them come on just it shocked me to be honest I, I think Klopp's comments before the game were interesting. He says, um, "I th- I and I think these shorts have shone a bit of a light into what a strategy is for the for the domestic cups." In that, I think he treats the domestic cups like, "Okay, well, we'll use them as a as a way to get to get minutes in legs of some of the fringe players in the earlier rounds, and then if we get if we can progress in them without." threatening any of our first teamers then we might take them seriously when we get to like quarter final semi final stage because I think he said before the game he said well you know we've seen your team blah 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 what can you explain your team and he said well the team's the team but we had a really difficult draw you could not have got it was the hardest draw in the FA Cup this round and we got it and that's really unlucky and then he references the first round of the Carlin Cup it's the hardest draw in that in that round and we got it yeah, Almost true. saying it's not fair. We wanted to play our kids, and we would have if we got somewhere, and it was worthwhile focusing on. We probably would have focused on it. It's dead fair, but it's not worthwhile focusing on at the detriment of the rest of the season. I mean, last year to we play get a full team now. At this so point, we get Everton, don't we? Last guy. year, and, and so we yeah, asked to. So we asked to. So it's a, but and, and and that's the situation, isn't it? It, it? Even if we get anybody but Everton and United, I think he's he's going to do what he's. The, what he, what he's there's also a massive difference as well in terms of. Comparing the FA Cup and winning a trophy to qualifying for the top four, which was the position we were in this time last year, this is completely different. Um, when you're going for a league title, when you're four points clear, when that's what effectively means everything to everybody, it's just a, it, it, it couldn't be more contrasting. I think in that sense, the FA Cup then becomes an irrelevance and inconvenience, um, as uh, you know, as sad as that as, as that is. If, you, if we had a, if we had a squad like City, if we had you looked at them players there before, you've got. 
you know, you've got a point on your agenda, do we need an extra, yeah. an extra fucking superstar up front? Yeah, we probably do. And we probably buy one in the summer and this time next year. We're probably able to go with a side that's strong enough to beat most sides. That's one superstar, Shakiri, and a young lad who's promising like Ryan Brewster. Yeah, and you're able, you, but you're able to set up in a, with, a, with a team that's strong enough. And I, oh, I, we said it before, we're not a million miles away from, from putting a team out there that should win. You know, that team that goes out should probably get beat, and it does. But we're not a million miles away from putting a side out with, with two injuries to two defenders and then a late Lalana late injury from being... That's your first. That's your first choice squad playing. Never mind three kids getting a debut. So it swings and hard about this time next year. We'll probably be looking at the FA Cup. You know, completely different viewpoint. We probably think, well, like we can we can stand this competition now because we can play. We Maybe can... even pick a real goal. Well, hopefully. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the one who most concerns me, and this is with the eye on the challenge that is to come, Mike, is is Kaita. in terms of the the. And I say concerns me, as I say. It, I think that it's fine. It's completely understandable that some footballers take a bit of time to settle, that some footballers take a bit of time to get bedded in. And then some footballers actually start, the, you know, Kaita starts the season reasonably well and then he's out for six to eight weeks. And I think that that's not helped him as well. I think he was he beginning to find his way and then that's happened to him. So this isn't, you know, having a massive go at him or anything like that. It's just saying that at the, we could just do with him coming to the party. I think that's what we could just do with that, you know, with, with the challenge that we know that is to come next, trying to win the league, trying to go as far as we can in the Champions League. We could do with him finding the, the form we hoped he would be able to show. Yeah, I mean, he's he's sort of nowhere near the player that was, was advertised really at the moment. I mean, obviously, the start of the season, described as explosive, box to box. He was going to be the one that sort of filled... A bit of a creative void as well. Constantly like. busy, always. Yeah, um, you know, got a shot on goals and everything. So we've we've not we've not really seen anything from him. And I agree with you. I think he he seems to have regressed. I think that that six week break um, obviously hasn't done him any favors, just in terms of being able to to, to build a level of fitness. Um, and now he's not first choice. So again, he's only getting games every now and then. So that can't be helping as well. Um, I mean, he, he probably need that's bound to affect his confidence and. What we're seeing is just the occasional flash. I mean, there was there was one um, there was one bit last night where he just sort of drops his shoulder, goes past the player, nice bit of play, and that's, I think that's possibly the, the most frustrating thing is that you've seen you've seen flashes, you can see that there's a player in him, but he seems to to me he seems to be playing within himself, um, which I put, I always put that down to confidence, um, and it's very difficult to build confidence when you're not playing games. There was a point early in the season where before he got the injury where he, he and Henderson were being rotated. And I don't, I don't think really anyone had any qualms about the fact that Kaysen and Henderson were viewed almost equally and they played sort of game to game. Palace um, away, wasn't Palace, it? Palace yeah. away. I mean, that, 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 that was a game where he, he actually, yeah. he, he looked really impressive, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but I think he's gone backwards since then. Um, and yeah, it's unfortunate. And you, you expect more from a £50 million player. You expect, expect more from a player that came in with such a big reputation. He's just not showing it at the moment. But that doesn't mean to say that we're not going to see a player in due course. The, the question for us now is how much, how how, how useful is he going to be uh, in the remaining 17 league games? I do, wonder, I do wonder what's happened to him. Wonder what, what's happened to knock his confidence because you're right, actually, he, he's he, he's not showing anywhere near what he was showing earlier on in the season. He had to be at Markovic last night. There was there was something about the way he was the way the way he was. Um, Good lord, <laughs> he was he was half he was half going past people. I know it's a, it's a stupid shout to be honest, but he did. There was there was there was times where I was thinking he's really he's really gone backwards. And what level is it that he's at now? And that was what popped into my mind. Um, just almost hiding, to be honest. Um, I, 
I've, I've no doubt that he will uh, start to show more than he more than he has so far. But the way seasons go, you're almost like, do you know how we used to say, uh, sort of as half a joke, Solanke needs a goal. And like the the start of the start of last season, he was he was being played. He was being played quite a bit, and then it just sort of didn't happen to him. And and I'm not comparing the two players, but I just think at this point, there, there comes there, there comes a time where it's like ah, that thing that I thought you were going to be able to do for this team. I'm not sure whether you are actually going to be able to do it, um, because up up until up until kind of watching yesterday's match, I was thinking, you know, what would be good? I reckon. Um, Kaita and and Ox will, will end up, you know, the, the, the end the end of the season that we're going to be frightening because they, as well as everything else we've got, we're going to have them too. Um, and I still think there's a chance that might happen. Um, I just think that I wonder where it is that that I mean, there's there's there's, there's the easier uh, home games once hopefully we've got the points in the bag. But other than that, you're sort of thinking, where are we? Where are we taking that risk? Yeah, I, I wonder when he gets his next start, to be honest, because uh, I just think he starts the midfield with Shakiri with them with the the three whatever it is, the the two, three, one or whatever it is, the the formation. I think it's that I think it's Salah up front, it's Shakiri sort of doing that little right hand side role. Um and I think that works. That shape works, you know, it breaks teams down, we score every when they when them four are on the pitch, the the four attackers, they score every half an hour. There's a stat knocking about they score every 30 minutes or something. So I'll just do that. Until there's 20 minutes to go, the other side's knackered and bring them on. And sometimes, you know, sometimes careers at clubs just need a moment to kickstart. You know, Mike said he looks like he's a little bit shy on confidence. He just looks like he needs... It's a shame that that shot against Burnley didn't go in. He was great against Burnley. and was a brilliant shot as well. He was fantastic. He'd come on, he 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 bossed the ball, he was dangerous, he was ghosting past people. His movement was great. And that's at a point when, by the way, that's at a point when Burnley are tired... Uh, when he's when he's when he's unbelievable, but they were also fighting for dear life as well. To be fair, the, on the other side, you know, this was Burnley side who had a goal lead for a period to defend. They were they just got battered at the weekend. It was very much a, a bunker down. We're taking no shit, Burnley performance. Yeah, but then the last twenty minutes, you could see that that performance. You watched that game to a point. Burnley were really good, and then they were knackered. But that's because they're playing against the sides with such threat everywhere on the pitch that they can just stretch it and be and, and wear you down. You just hope that. He has a little moment. He comes on, bit of a you know, bit of a bit of a fifteen minutes, whatever. Sets a goal up, scores a goal, and then you and then he can say to the manager, "Look, you give me another twenty minutes, I'll do it again." And you give me another twenty, I'll do it again. I'd be, I take all that, and I think that that's the sensible option. I'd be tempted to try to get him on the pitch from the start against Brighton, and because if he has a good hour, then you can get him on the pitch on the start against Palace. And then if he has a good hour, you can get him on the pitch from the start against Leicester. And I just sort of... You could do the, same, you could do the Bournemouth team, really, couldn't you? I think, unless we've got different injuries. But he starts against Bournemouth, doesn't he, in, in that. And he's not massively involved, but he but he's a real he's a real option, sort of a bit wider um, yeah. than, than than we'd seen him against Burnley. Um, so I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, be try, I'd just be... I, I don't think... What I'd say is, because I've written, I've actually written here, um, looks like a player who needs to run a games, but we don't have time for that now. But maybe, just maybe... We we do in the next three, maybe just maybe you know if this is the, this is maybe it is like you get in the next three and then you're going to get an hour in the next three and then we go from there. That this could you know if we're looking at trying to get another midfield option in for the for the February March April May marathon, Mike, mm. I I'd be tempted to to. I sort of, I'm inclined to agree with the idea that he probably needs to start another game quite soon, um, but I think 
he's more likely to get a game at Anfield, um, which is I think we've got Palace and Leicester after we've got Brighton. Um, so I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be averse to seeing him start because we've got we're going to have to get something out of him um, because there isn't there isn't enough personnel in midfield and there's 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 round criticism, isn't there, of, of, of whenever we line up with Wijnaldum, Henderson, and Milner, and that, that that's that's too prosaic. There's not enough creativity. Um, so he, he he still gets to play his part, I and mean, it might it might just be that he maybe he comes off the bench one day, bangs one in, and all of a sudden you see a different player. The amount of times that's happened to players where they scored a goal. And suddenly they just look a completely different personality. The confidence levels rise, and and all of a sudden they start to believe in themselves. I think it is it's a question of belief with them really at the moment. And the other thing as well is they had he had quite a fractured season last year as well at, yeah. at, at Leipzig. Um, so it's sort of like eighteen months now before he's been consistently performing um, for both Leipzig and, and for Liverpool. So that's bound to to, to, to sow seeds of doubt into, into a player's mind. There's another player who's. Whose performance, I think, will, along with Kaita, probably frustrate the manager more than any other. Um, in one sense, it's not fair on him, but in another sense, it's what we've seen throughout the whole of his Liverpool career. I mean, Moreno, Ben, he does your head in now more than ever. And it's a bit of a shame for him in one sense, because he's basically being compared to the most intelligent footballer ever to play the game. Uh, who we, we're picking at left-back week in, week out. Uh, Moreno might be an absolute doom brain. So it's like it is. I'm not, not sure there's much might about it. And it is absolute chalk and cheese. It is the chalkiest and cheesiest things I've, I've seen in my life. But it would be nice to feel as though we don't have to play Andy Robertson every single week between now and the end of May if we manage to go all the way in the Champions League. But if you're the manager off the back of last night, you're thinking to yourself, I'm going to have to play Andy Robertson every single week between now and the end of the season. Yeah, he do- he's, I mean, he doesn't do himself no favours last night. I thought he was terrible. Uh, and, I, and I actually think at times in his Liverpool career he's actually been okay you know when he's keeping Andy Robertson out the side last season he played well till he got hit in fairness you know a few dodgy moments but he actually started really well he actually defended quite well uh, last season um, and that's not easy for me to say uh, but last night I, I don't know it, Maybe it's harsh to judge him on, you know, one game. Playing next to Fabinho. Playing next to Fabinho in front of Mignolet, um, with no real protection in front of him. He's got a, he's got a kid playing in front of him. He's got Milner trying to protect everyone else on the pitch rather than him because he's one of the senior pros, weirdly. Um, so maybe it's a bit harsh to, to jump in and wade in on him, but by Christ, he doesn't do himself any favours and he's certainly not pushing himself to, to start. He was, he, you know, he gives an interview whereby he says it's hard for him and, you know, it, it's not nice and, the, you know, the manager's disrespecting him or whatever. It's a translation from Spanish. He might have said anything. It can be twisted however, you know, people choose to twist the words. But fucking hell, the one way to try and get yourself picked is to play well. And... You look for me. You look at his contribution for being his contribution. He's playing his position. Mm-hmm. playing his position where he wants to play. For being old, not. And for being old, shows more, more bottle, more nous. His ability to keep the ball. His yeah. positional sense is okay. Well, I don't really want to play here, but I fucking do my best. Um, it tries to get people through the game. I thought Fabinho was really good. I thought Merano was the exact opposite. Yeah, no, I mean, not much to add, really. I thought it was absolutely <laughs> shocking. Um, it was a it was a microcosm of Alberto Moreno at his worst, I thought, last night. Um, his ability to switch off, his ability to, to lose his man, to not, not know where his man is, um, just seems to be unparalleled. I mean, it, I sort of agree with, with Ben and the, the fact that we've, we've created a narrative around him that he's got no football brain. 
Um, but there have been times in his Liverpool career when he's been a hell of a lot better than he was last night and a hell of a lot better than we've seen anything from him of late. Um, it seems a long time ago since he scored that marauding goal against Spurs, doesn't it? Um, and I was thinking about that last night. Oh, and, God. You know, you, you are looking at... I, I, I think he's just become completely disengaged with the whole notion of being a professional footballer. And... To an extent, that's understandable. And he's, he's not he's not even an understudy, is he? I mean, he, he only gets last night's game no, because it's the FA Cup. The one thing I don't get is why he's, he's constantly involved. The other player is constantly... Yeah. He's, the, he's at the end of almost every move towards the end of the game. And I've seen that before. Milner you know, plays he, a lovely ball out to him. And, then when he get, and I'm like, this is a lovely ball. This could be the one that gets us towards an equaliser. Oh, well, but he's got it. It's, it and yeah. it's, it's almost... And, and it is. It's like Risa levels where you're like, at the end of every attack is this idiot. And like it's happened before, where he's ended up on every dead ball. What's going on? I just sort of that, I, I don't get it. And and he is, you know, he's he's a senior pro in the uh, in in the same way of Tom Hanks in Big. I think he's, he's, he's managed, to, managed to grow up without without by making a wish, and he's got a big trampoline in his house. <laughs> There's something in Mike. I think I think that we all we think, and I, I think this in the context of the Kaita conversation, in the context of a few of them, we think the manager's job is to get the best out of every single player. Whereas the manager's job is to do what's best for Liverpool and do what's best for Liverpool's success. Certainly at this stage of his, of his Liverpool management and with the squad he's put together. And I think there is a thing that when you don't pick lads for a while, there is, they almost, I'm trying to write a phrase, they almost go to seed mm. a little bit one way or another. And I think you saw that last night with Moreno, the idea that he has just gone to seed now. But, and you could say, well, maybe Klopp should have kept him more involved, maybe Klopp should have done this, maybe Klopp should have done that. But Klopp's trying to, basically get 100 points. That's what he's saying he needs to do. Yeah. He needs to get 100 points. That's that's what he sees his job as. And I think that you're seeing a few examples of this. And I, I used Firmino as an example of it earlier this season when we were winning games every week and Firmino wasn't very good. Well, it's it's not Klopp's, it's Klopp's job is the winning the games bit, not to get 10 out of 10 performances out of Roberto Firmino. And I think that you see this with the squad sometimes. And, it, you know, it's probably gone on time in Memorial where players just wane under the manager because they're not part of what the overall aim is or not not a big enough part of it. Yeah. I mean he, he's not played enough of a part in the season so so far to to feel to feel engaged with the with the whole title challenge I think. And um and he, he you know he's definitely regressed. I mean the other thing about Robertson as well is that you understand why he doesn't play last night because it's 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 not necessary for him to play but he's incredibly durable. And he's got he's got incredible energy levels, and I think basically in Klopp's head he plays him for the next seventeen games. So from Moreno's point of view, the only thing that gets him back in is, is sometimes some kind of terrible injury to to, to Robertson. Um, I think even then he goes Milner left back. Well, he goes he goes Milner left back, or when Gomez is fit, there's potential for him to play there. Um, so so he's yeah, he's completely out of it. But the the regression is it it it's pretty staggering really, um, and. You just don't want to see him on the pitch because he's. I mean, he's still a liability. I mean, I don't know whether I was laughing about about this last night, but the, the point at which he started putting his arms behind his back and he did it and he did it again last night was the point I, I just lost all interest in him because he doesn't want to. He doesn't want. He doesn't want to have balance. Um, when he's going into a challenge, which just seems absolutely crackers, it can't be asked for balance. I've looked into it. I think it's overrated. I, I, I mean, yeah. and to be fair, I think he just does. He does everyone's head in. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'd be. I'd be annoyed if I see him in Liverpool shares again, to be well, perfectly honest. We haven't talked about the young centre-half, and we're going to come on to him because it's, it's exciting to talk about him. Um, I also want to have a little bit more on Camacho in a minute or two. Um, I'd like to see Curtis Jones, Adam, 
get a go in a game with our first 10 and he's the 11th. I think he's the one last night. I think that Camacho basically decides he's going to be the best version of Rafa Camacho that he possibly can be. I think that Hover comes on and is gets to be unbelievably impressive under the circumstances, both in terms of his age, but the nature of what he's come on to have to do and deal with and the position he plays. Jones looks to me like a footballer who looks like he could be very neat and tidy, very good at bringing good players into the game, but he's not getting to play with the very best players here. And I sort of, I wouldn't have, you know... Let's say you see the Brighton team sheet and it's the first 11, but somehow Curtis Jones is on it. I'm not going, woe is us. I'm going, oh, that's interesting. Now, it's not going to happen. But I think I think he's the one who's, if anything, going to find it hardest to play in a cup team, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I just, it, you know, a little bit like when um, Texera comes on against Fulham in 2014. You know, you think, oh, this is this is all right, actually. I know what this lad can do. But I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I thought he toiled last night. I didn't think, uh, I didn't think he got enough help. Um, from you know the players around him, from Shakiri and Kaita and you know whoever else was, meant he was sort to be. of outside of Milner's sphere of influence. Yeah, because of where he plays. Yeah, yeah, and and you know it, it, that's that he he play, him playing there would usually be somebody that Milner would be helping out. So it's a shame really that Milner has to help out everybody else. He's putting out five fires in his own half or something, and 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 can't and can't help out. There's there's a moment or two where he looks bright, and I think I think he will he will have um he will have more, more chances. Um, yeah, I, I I I'd like I'd like to see him again, but it probably won't be until next July. I think it's a tough it's a tough ask. You're what you're asking him to do. I think I think in any of these. Any of these kids who were there or thereabouts in in the in the squad, the way to judge if they're a good player is not to put them all in with half of, with a, with a few first team players and and say oh well he was good and he wasn't or whatever. I think it's dead harsh because it, you'll get completely different results if you just drop them in one at a time. You know if 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 that's the if that's full as you said if that's full pelt, you know you've got Andy Robertson playing behind them whatever. You've got Henderson on the inside of him. You've got Mane going outside and he's playing like a little attacker midfield role. There's space everywhere. You can look good when you when you're playing a sort of left midfield role behind Divock, who isn't as nowhere near as good as our front three, and Sturridge who's ineffective. And Moreno's left back. Moreno's Moreno. left back and Mignolet who's the keeper, so we can't even get the ball to you. You've got a midfield that's not really finding itself focusing yeah they're, they're looking after the drone interest Milner's trying to get his way through this game playing an unfamiliar role for him um, Kite is not in it Shakiri's not really in it he doesn't do nothing wrong he just doesn't get the ball in any way any position where he can influence the game yeah, I mean, he, he did look neat and tidy. Um, he's, he's just that type of football, isn't he? Shifts the ball nicely from from uh, left to right. I mean, he, but he, he just didn't get on the ball enough, and it's hard at that age. I mean, just to impose yourself on a game like that when other players around you with more seniority are putting it in. Um, Milner was very deep, so he was effectively sort of isolated with alongside uh, Kaiser, and Kaiser again isn't isn't having an awful lot of influence on the game he's, uh, as well. So. For him to suddenly burst out of that, like sort of inertia, really in midfield, that's a big ask. At the he's seventeen, um, so I mean, it, it didn't surprise me. And you know, he'll, he'll get his chance again. He looks like it, there's there's lots of talk about him being a really good prospect. I just don't think we saw much of it last night. You think? Imagine the games he played this season. You know, under eighteen level, under twenty three level, and most of the time, the team he's playing in is the best team. You know, they have all the ball. Yeah, they have all the shape and equal influence. It. But even if he's not, the players he's playing against, he's probably better than most of them. 
So he, he can influence the game because he's better than, but he can influence the game because he's... He's got better teammates. He's got better teammates, position of strength. Last night, he's up against fully-fledged international footballers on his debut, surrounded by effectively shite for a, for a large amount of the game. To expect him to do anything is, you know, it's been a miracle. He'd have had to have been fucking Michael Owen. You know, when Michael Owen come through at 17, beating players on his own and winning Liverpool points. And he weren't playing up front, he plays left mid. Um, okay, we want to talk about Hoover then. Hoover. Um, I think it's unbelievable, that performance under those circumstances, Ben. I think it's... We may not see him again now in the, for the first team until next season's League Cup, and I think there'd be nothing wrong with that at all. In fact, I'd, I'd almost be pleased uh, if that was the case. But to firstly, for, for him to to have accelerated his progress to the point that he he comes on after six minutes for Lovren, that we don't try and do anything else, we do that instead. Shows the faith the manager, Linders, must have in him. That's the first thing. But then to watch him effectively grow through the game in the way in which he did and produce some of what he did throughout it, was terrific. There's obviously the run, and the run looked astonishing and looked amazing. But for me, it was you know until he's very out of position, positioning was terrific. His passing was was excellent. His touch, his assurance. It's I I think it's I think it's hard really to properly put over. Not least because it's centre half. It's not right mid. It's not centre forward. It's not just go and do whatever you like, lads. It is. It is playing centre back for Liverpool on a Monday night in front of the world's the world's TV cameras. It's he's on he's on unbelievably well and I think what the thing that's so striking about it is his calmness on the ball and his and his willingness to play balls you know it, it, into areas where it's a tight pass that he plays a couple when he first come on he gets he gets on the ball gets his head up and plays one through the Ivan needle to Milner and his, he, he, he splits their two lads who were pressing him thinking there's a 16 year old kid I'm going to go and take the ball off him he splits two of them right to Milner who then turns and is, and is able to try and play Um that takes some doing that. That takes some confidence in your own ability. Because imagine you, 16-year-old kid, first game, loads of men. Imagine the just size being, of him and his. Imagine just being in the changing room with, with all these actual men, 16 years of age for, for one. You know, like with hairy legs and that, you're 16, you're just <laughs> half a kid. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like literally that step. But then actually to get on the pitch and say, well, actually, I'm, I'm as good as some of these and I can play. And the only the only thing that he he, he slightly struggled on was physicality, but because he, he's sixteen, he needs to grow a bit, and he's playing centre half. You know, he, he, you, I know you said uh, hopefully we, we might not see him again until next season, but you wouldn't you wouldn't worry if if they said oh actually he's playing right he's playing right back next game next to Joe Gomez and Virgil with so and so in front of him. You think well he's going to keep the ball all day, and his positional sense if it's anywhere near as good as it was at centre half. It's going to be pretty fucking good. And he can cover and he's quick and he, he, he defended well as well, in fairness. Yeah, he did. Really good. In, really good. I should go with the microphone. Really good back post interception. Really yeah, he good. Was, he was really intelligent. Thought his way through the game. Used the ball brilliantly. Fantastic find. Yeah, I mean, reason of the game, more than anything for me, was I mean, obviously he's got it most of it in front of him, a centre half, but his ability to just see things. I mean, there's a couple of times where he just sticks out a leg um, and stops things happening. But... That that pass, I noticed that one as well. I mean, that was that you know, to it's it's easy to play safe when you when you're sixteen. Yeah, you, and you don't you, you don't want to make a mistake. Um, but he was ambitious with his passing. His passing was crisp. Um, obviously the run out of defence. I mean, I thought I was looking at Mark Lawrence at his best there. I mean, it takes something to do that. Um, 
And it just, yeah, everything about him, composure, it's much better than Lawrence and worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all. Um, yeah, just composure, uh, touch, everything about him. And yeah, to think you're doing it that at 16, as Ben says there, in, in that environment as well. Against a big physical side, I mean, it's it, 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 it's incredible. The the interesting thing is, where does he end up? Because he looks that good a player. Um, is he? Is he? I mean, is he a centre half? He's played. He's played, uh, he's played centre half, left back, and right back. I don't think he's played in midfield for, for the for, for whatever age group he's in. Uh, he's played. He's played all. All. So they're they're trying to find. They're looking for where he where he ends up. There's like a um, a bit of a uh, Im- impulse to to compare him to Virgil uh, because he's from Holland, mm. um, but I think there's the, the the better comparison is probably with Joe Gomez because mm. if you think Gomez had a nightmare against Wolves in the FA Cup at centre half the first time he was dropped in there. Um, and as obviously we knew he was a good player because he's already played fullback a couple of times. Gomez then was two years older than than Hoover is now. Uh, I think I think he was yeah. against uh, the Championship Wolves side, not, championship not a Premier Wolves League Wolves side, side. Yeah, Anfield rather than away. Um, it's just we've talked about this in the past, Neil. I think of, of how 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 on earth do you get a young centre half in because it's the hardest position, probably. Uh, it, you know, it's it it. it there's that, and you could say maybe goalie as well. Hardest position to 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 get a young a young prospect through your academy into your first team, um, and it 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 is staggering to be honest that that um, that that I was I was really really pleased when I saw him when I saw him stripping off because I could I sort of couldn't believe my eyes. I thought they were going to do something with Trent. They showed Trent on the TV, and then it was actually him. Um, and you know Milner Milner looks after him, and then as I said before, after a while he realizes he he doesn't need to. Um, and and I think that that considering considering all of those factors and what we've seen in the past and the historical context and the the, the fact of his age and everything, I just think it was you know it was it was a really a really fantastic performance. And I don't think we'll see him for a while, as you say. But um, there's, a, there's there's it's, there's something so bright there. I think there's a strong argument that you go into next season and you view him as either your fifth centre back or you or possibly even your fourth or you view him as, or you view him uh, as you're almost as Adam's saying there that you have your you know you have your eight defenders two two right backs two left backs four centre halves and then you have him as number nine and the idea is that he'll play left back for you he'll play right back for you he'll play centre half for you yeah. just the, the, the Gomez routine you know it, 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 that, that's mm. worked hasn't it the, the one thing I wouldn't want to say you know I I think, Mike, there's, there will be a rush to sort of try to find him. You know, even now, still with Trent, there's still talk of people still think, oh, he'll end up in midfield. The one thing I want to sort I I think is a centre-back who's that assured and confident the ball at the age of 16 is exactly the sort of centre-back Liverpool should be looking to have play for Liverpool across the next 10 years, if you know what I mean. Yeah. If you want to be the club we want to be, we want that We want that sort of assurance all over the pitch. Well, definitely. I mean, you know, he, he, was, that, he was that good at centre-half last season, then... There's, for me, there's no real appetite to, 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 to try and pigeonhole him as, some, as, as something different. I mean, let's just accept that he's, he's played really, really well there. That could be his position. Yes, he could fill in a full-back. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see him again this season, depending on what, what happens with injury, suspension. Any of these things can happen, um, whether he whether he gets an, another opportunity. If they said that he was playing centre-half on, on Saturday, I would, it wouldn't bother me. Um, wouldn't it? Because my no. worry with him playing centre-half on Saturday is... I think that Wolves can't quite get their head around the fact that there's a lad who's 16 and they've not planned for it really and he's playing centre-back and there. Wolves are also quite fixed in what they do. You know, there's Mm. the 3-4-3 or 3-4-1-2. There's that massive switch. We're doing that all day. There was killing the game. My worry would be you go to Brighton and if there is rumours that this lad's going to play centre-half, Glenn Murray is 
absolutely sharpening his elbows and Glenn Murray in his head off. And Chris Hewton is saying, you just target him. We just target him all game. I wonder if you could maybe drop him in as a massive surprise mid-April if we've, you know, we're looking to rotate. But what I wouldn't want to do is sort of open him up to the idea of a manager like Hewton away from home planning for, for, for that lad playing. That's where yeah, I would no, feel that, it was a that, bit stern. That is a different kettle of fish. And I, mean, I suppose there was a sense of him just coming off the bench last night. I mean, no one uh, was able to sort of target him. But nonetheless... He was in, incredible in the game. He, you know, he was he was fantastic. And the, the times where it nearly went wrong. Sorry, sorry to bring it up again, but I, but I think with Allison there, that doesn't happen. There, there's there's two or three times where where he's look, he's looking at Mignolet. Like, come on, and Mignolet just stays well, Mignolet put him under his, pressure just twice. Just just so and funny. he's a corker, and he, oh, honestly, God. God, just like blank face. <laughs> look at me, mate. Milner's killing himself bailing this lad out, and Mignolet's like, not my job here, lads. <laughs> Uh, I can't, I can't be, I can't be helping you there. I've got myself to worry about. Uh, there's no time for this. Who's going to look after this line? <laughs> um, very quick on Fabinho, uh, Ben. I thought he was excellent under the circumstances, and I suspect he may well be our, our centre back for the next couple of games. I think he's done well enough there. You could imagine him playing next to Virgil, um, next couple. You can imagine him being really quite assured he could actually become a bit of an asset he played well he done really well and I think next to Virgil you wouldn't really notice him I don't think I don't think you can really you can really get after him if you, if you try to set your game plan around exploiting him that's fine when you're up when you you know if you want to do that when you when you when you you know he's lining up next to Lover and then maybe there's an opportunity to exploit our centre arse but if he's next to Virgil I'm not I'm not having it he's good in the air He's quick. He's relatively quick. It's the flip side of the Glenn Murray thing. I want Hooten to think I'll put Murray on him because I think he'd suit just a big personal battle against a big Grock. Yeah, I just do this for ninety minutes or sixty minutes until yeah. Murray gets subbed. I'll do that. That'll be sound. That'll I'll enjoy that. I think you'd be better off trying to pull him out of position than target him. If you know what I mean. Yeah. You, if you're making a plan, your plan will be well. He's not a centre half by nature, so let's try and make him in situations where he's got to make snap decisions, like the one where he dives in for the goal. Milner loses the ball. Would Virgil dive in? No, he stands up and he says, "Go on, beat me because I can turn and beat you for pace." And a, and a centre half, probably a natural centre half, probably doesn't impulsively dive in. It's a different mindset playing sentiment. Ball drops there. He thinks, "I win this with him." Do you know what I mean? That's his mindset as he goes in for the game. It's not. It's not. It's a natural instinct almost. Which is the same as fullback because he plays fullback and they they can they dive in as well. You can do it because it's fine because it's not so bad. You've got two fellas still in theory behind who are going to mop up for you. So I, I've got no problem with him with him starting against against Brighton at centre half. No, same here. Um, I mean, I, I think to an extent, I mean, he almost made the case for for being centre half ahead of Lovren. I think Lovren's you know talk in terms of of players diving in and, and rashness from time to time. I mean, Lovren's got that in his locker. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, as I say, I mean, there's potential for him to be viewed as a as a, a break glass centre half as well. I mean, obviously that's going to be the case in the next couple of games. Whilst um, if we assume that Lovren doesn't do a Lazarus um, and comes back on Saturday, I so, think Matip might be back. Is, Matt, is, is he is he close? Yeah, is he? Close to talking Matip up. I'm talking Matip. He's talking me up. Klopp said, well, did, did, I said this on the other thing before, but Klopp said um, Joe and Joel are um, nearly back in team training. Uh, Bright will be probably too soon for Joe. So I, I mm. read between the lines and thought maybe Joel will be back for Bright. Big Jolie. 
Big Charlie, the yeah. man. Shift and be honest. Extra stuff. Last little thing uh, before we move on, because we were about to go through the biggest 17 games of our lives, um, and we've got to focus on them now. Uh, Brighton away is the centre of our universe, Mike Nevin. Mm-hmm. It's all that matters. It's everything that there is. You're not going to see Rafa Camacho at that one, but it wouldn't surprise me genuinely if in the four or five home, four or five of the home games we've got left, if his, his, his rotation option, he may well have looked at it and thought, I've got Trent, I've got Joe Gomez for the for, for, for right back. If I want to be more defensive, I'll play Gomez. If I want to be first choice, is Trent. We go from there. But it wouldn't surprise me if against, you know, when, for instance, Huddersfield come to Anfield, if he is looking to save some legs, if Rafa Camacho gets a run out. Yeah, when he did, he, he did really well. Um, you know, he seems to have a good touch, loads of pace on him. Um, I, to be honest with you, I would be surprised if uh, if he if he features again in the league. Um I, you know, it, it's diff- it is difficult. And I, you spoke about um, about Hoover, you know, potentially playing again. But I, th- I think it's pretty unlikely that you, you're going to see these lads sort of consistently. But at the same time, um, he's, he's given him he's given him some some food for thought, um, which is all basically that's what you're asking in a game like that is that the manager um, sees a different option. And he's certainly seen that in, in Camacho's performance last night. But as I say, I'd be I'd be surprised to see him start games. I wonder. I I just wonder what he's got. What what he's got that's his standout characteristic. He can do. He can do bits and pieces of each. But like, if you're comparing him to Trent, Trent's always had the delivery from his from his debut. He's you know he's been been able to whip balls in like Steve Gerrard, and 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 that's and and there's something there which makes your eyebrows go. And I think we had that with Hoover last night as well with his with his his range of passing and his run. I just I, I do I do sort of think what is it exactly that's that, that's putting Camacho head and shoulders above um, uh, uh, above the other options the fact that he's let Klein go which I I would have done pre United and then after United I wouldn't have done um, it, it means that we might have to see him but um, I'm sort of struggling to see what it is exactly that's making him make, making him make the grade for Liverpool I think it's his ability to run loads and he kept the ball quite well under pressure as well he, a couple dropped out the sky and he, took, he killed them dead and, and then played and I think his, his his first instinct is to play his first instinct is to get the ball and play and that's tough at a confined spot at right back sometimes um, I, I think it's a difficult skill because you're only looking at it you're only looking one way uh, you know centre mid's a lot easier because you can look you know 360 whatever you can keep the ball but at right back you've, you've got what two options basically at all times so you've got to have really good close control uh, and the ability to see a pass and I think he showed enough last night to suggest that he's got that I thought positionally he was all over the place first half but then in fairness I think once he'd been corrected he must have been corrected at half time from the manager second half he plays like a, he plays like a fullback whereas first half he played like a fella who had a free roll like Philip Zeggen running up and down the wings like where's he fucking going now in his pomp <laughs> and my god did he have a pomp <laughs> he did have a pomp lasted about 10 minutes but what a pomp and he had was. a big lean over and a breed <laughs> <laughs> excellent uh, Brighton away is everything he plays that mad back today Brighton away Mike last season uh, where he plays with Alden Chan and Lovren and we win the game uh, comfortably I don't, um, see, I don't think you see any repeat of that I don't think we'll see any repeat of that but I think it will obviously Virgil comes back in and all that sort of stuff but it's it's very important to think that Liverpool Liverpool don't have to play brilliantly. They just have to play with certainty. I think that's what we want to see, with certainty and a victory. I don't think, we, you know, I'm not going there thinking we need to score threes, fours, fives. I'm going there thinking there's absolutely nothing wrong with an old Rafa Benitez-style 2-0, where from the 20th minute, the result is never in doubt and both sides cop for the reality that Liverpool are the dominant force in the game. Yeah, and, you know, you've seen it recently in, in other away games, Watford, Burnley, uh, Springs of Bournemouth, Bournemouth. Bournemouth as well. Um 
certainly in two of those in, in one of those games and they were able to put it to bed early that's what you'd that's what you'd like to see I mean obviously the front three come come back in I, I suspect maybe Shakiri gets uh, gets a 90 minute well, certainly gets to start on on Saturday I think he'd be, I think it's a difficult with um, Henderson, Winold, and Milner. As I said before, there's just that that uh, suggestion that there isn't loads of creativity. So I think I tend to pick them in these games. That's why when people list the games they played in, yeah. all, you always feel like going, "Yeah, they're all the hard games, lads." Mm. <laughs> so, but I, I think I think Shaqiri probably comes in uh, and plays with the front three, and we we go more four two three one. Um, all right, then we'll be talking more and more about that on the Anfield Wrap, theanfieldwrap.com forward slash subscribe if you haven't done so yet. Thank you very much indeed to Ben Johnson, Mike Nevin, and Adam Melia. It has been uh, the Anfield Wrap this week in association with Reds Bet. The FA Cup is now out the way, whether we like that or not. It's done, it's dusted. We move on with our lives. 17 games. Sports Social Podcast Network. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.